Hi there, welcome to Hops and Elbow Drops. Hey, it's Sean here, your resident craft beer dude. It's Alex, your shamed, quiet wrestling amateur. I have an apology to issue from our last episode in which I described an air raid crash as an emerald flosion. <laughs> After Dave Meltzer made the same mistake and people called him out on Twitter, I have discovered that I made that mistake because I listened to Big Dave. I am humbled and will continue to try to learn and grow and maybe actually watch a Masawa match one time. There you Thank go. you. Hey, that's a good idea. So, um, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Do you know your role? Yes, I do know my role. But I'm not going to shut my mouth. This is a podcast. That'd be very counterproductive. <laughs> um, so here's the thing: Best of Super Juniors, as we're recording this, is not over yet. Um, by we the time you hear this, thing on it, we we're going to do that next week, probably. Maybe we'll see. I'm yeah, bad at keeping promises stuff. when I say what we're doing next week. Yeah, so. no. Well, we got that the, that uh, C4 show to go to soon. And oh yeah, uh, that's like two weeks or three weeks away. That's the 18th of June. Yeah, and we'll have the podcast come out after the show. Anyway, we're going to talk about that eventually too. Yeah, Future C4 show. But like, Best of Super Junior is on right now, but we can't really talk about it yet because it's not over. And like, we're at a bad point to talk about the midpoint, and Sean hasn't yeah. watched most of it. So, um, what was the other thing? Progress. You do watch some of it. The Progress um, Strong Style Survivor 16 tournament um, just finished, but it's Progress, and we don't live in the UK, so we won't see it until next week. Yeah, it so would be Progress in the system if we were able to see it right away but that would be progress but you know um not this be. is progress not it's not progress though um i guess that's pretty much everything's happening wrestling oh WWE fucking blows um we're building up to extreme rules do you know there's, do you know there's a WWE pay-per-view next weekend i don't know. feature such matches as a fatal five-way between a bunch of dudes like all the top dudes except for brock lesnar and braun Strowman, obviously um, and a kendo stick and a pole match between Bailey and Alexa Bliss. I can't believe they brought one of those back. And a you ready for this extreme stipulation? A DQ results in a title change match between Dean Ambrose and The Miz. Wait, what? If you lose by DQ, the title changes hands. Ah, so that's gonna make things very extreme, I would think. Gotcha. You know, ECW was famous for its DQs result in the title change matches, as we all know. Right. Um, wouldn't that just be called a no DQ match? No, it wouldn't actually. Oh, no, no, because, because in a no yeah, DQ yeah, match, no, there are right, no yeah. DQs. Whereas right. this one, I yeah, suspect very highly there will be a DQ. Yeah. So, and also, the reason why maybe I wasn't able to keep up with some of the other stuff this week. Yes. I was at the Canadian Brewing Awards, sadly not as a media correspondent, but as uh, with working with Covered Bridge Brewing. So there's a lot of great stuff. I'm going to probably talk about that a little bit this episode. Just some, some fun things, some highlights of the conference, and some great-ass beers that were there. And fucking fantastic, a lot of them, actually. Also, there's a lot of drinking. I was completely wasted half the weekend. Mm, good stuff. And there's an, some exciting news if you're in the Canadian Brewing scene that uh, it might get started. It depends on if people get off their bums and do it. They're already most of them are pretty tired, so <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So what's the what's the what's the thing happening this week? This this week for the podcast. What's the what's the theme? Well, 
uh, we have this thing where if there's nothing really topical we can touch on. We've had a good string of doing mostly topical things. Um, we're going to go back to something, something evergreen, something that never gets old, something that everyone will always appreciate and love to talk about. And we're doing something that has been done to death a thousand million thousand times. They're done at WrestleMania. It was done at WrestleMania exactly three times. It's true. It is. The Rock. Versus. The Rock versus Stone Cold. Oh my God. The two titans of the Attitude Era colliding in WrestleMania. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Um, it was it was incredible, honestly, uh, watching that. Um, yeah, we got the main event of WrestleMania and people really care about it. Yeah, we got our time machine and went to each WrestleMania. Yeah. Is great experiences, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, that just watching. I grew up watching this stuff, and uh, Alex was. We we're talking about what we we're gonna do for the podcast, and all of a sudden, Alex just started playing My Way. I'm like he's, he's like, ah, oh, this is what we're gonna watch, and I'm like, I know this song, I know it was really important to some sort of thing happening in wrestling when we were younger, and. Uh, and then it came up with the promo package, the video package for the match, their second match uh, between between the two. Um, and I'm oh oh what? I know I was just saying oh I was excited about oh the thing. yeah yeah yeah. So yeah. um yeah, you could also say that. Uh, that this 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 feud, you know what it was? It was nuts. We are five minutes and fifty three seconds into <laughs> the podcast. I don't know if this is possible. You know what drives me nuts, Alex? What drives you nuts, Sean? These beer nuts from Beer Snacks International, the official supplier of nuts to Hops and Elbow Drops podcast. They have a variety of flavors such as beer nuts. If you want the classic sweet and salty, you also you can go if you want something a little bit spicy, you can go with their international styles like Malay Mix and Szechuan. A little bit spicy, Malay Mix a little bit sweet. It's great stuff. If you love beer, then you love these guys' nuts. Beer Nuts International. Beer Nuts is is, is, is the best nuts in town. Anyways, going on to the podcast. Um, well, I mean, I guess The Rock does like juvenile ball jokes, so it does fit <laughs> in some sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, so The Rock versus Stone Cold, it's something... It's it's there's never really been another matchup quite like it I think in the history of pro wrestling, where you have these two gigantic superstars that got big around the same time. I mean Stone Cold is older than The Rock, but he he hit it big you know within a year or two of The Rock really coming into his own as a superstar. Yeah. Um. And it's interesting because as a casual fan, I think coming in today into more hardcore fandom. The Rock is everywhere because he's such a mega, mega star. Um, and Stone Cold is kind of, you know, he's within the wrestling world. He's still around. You know, he does a podcast. He he shows up on WWE programming every now and then. But he is very much, like, taking a backseat and doesn't want to be in the spotlight so much anymore. Yeah. He's and without sure. going back and watching some of this stuff, you can really just, or without, like, learning your history, you can really just assume that The Rock was this giant star and not know too much about Stone Cold. But, like... The second you go back, Stone Cold was so much of a bigger star than The Rock. Even though The Rock was a huge star, like yeah, people well, liked Stone Cold more. People know who Stone Cold is, though. He got into the actual like, um, 
Not obviously as far in as like The Rock has. Oh, but I'm talking about like, but like, I, like that's true. My dad knows. My dad knows the name Stone Cold because he was. He's never watched wrestling. Things. Yeah, he, my dad paid absolutely zero he's a, attention to anything pop culture because, for in the late '90s, early 2000s. Well, the thing about it is like, okay, so you got the Hulkster who obviously infiltrated pop. Uh, well, pop I was going to say, I was going to say Stone Cold is during that time that that era of uh, of television slash branding and all this different stuff, like when people talk about the uh, stereotypical wrestler, it's either mm. like. You know, Macho Man or uh, Hulk Hogan, or they're like, "Oh yeah, Stone Cold." They just kind of like his name. They could not watch wrestling, and they're like, "That guy, that's the guy waving up his little fingers up." Yeah, in the yeah. Air, going like, but that's the thing is that I beers and didn't really know who Stone Cold was when I started watching wrestling. Okay, I had like I had heard I probably heard of him, but like nowhere near to the level of The Rock, and like mm. I didn't I didn't know much about him. Um, whereas like I had an idea of, of who the like. I feel like The Rock has done a better job by well, I guess becoming popular. WWE has emphasized The Rock a lot more, I think, in their legacy marketing. Yeah. Um, although not that they've done a bad job with Stone Cold. Like, if you are invested in wrestling at all, it does not take long to quickly realize how big Stone Cold was and how important he was. That's true. But from an outside perspective, which I did have roughly two years ago, um, yeah, The Rock seemed to me uh, infinitely larger than Stone Cold. But of course. As soon as you start to dig in a little bit, um, not that The Rock was not v- incredibly popular because he was, but it does seem to me that like the reactions for the two when they're next to each other, like I'm sure The Rock had really, really, really insanely good reactions next to like Triple H or people like that. Not that Triple H isn't a big star yeah. too, but um, just like when the two stand next to each other, like Stone Cold is more over. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm gonna just take a second and jump into a little bit of this stuff before Go we for it, get yeah. really into the the wrestling stuff. I'm just gonna take a couple of moments to talk about the Canadian Brewing Awards and um, some of the stuff. It's kind of funny. We're talking about the two mega stars of the of the wrestling world of the WWE mainly, um, and the thing about the Canadian Brewing Awards was there was a really big push to go against the. The, the big, big two. Yeah. So, like, this year at the Canadian Brewing Awards, they uh, stepped up and said, we're not going to... If you do not brew your beer in Canada, get this, you can't enter the awards now. Wow. Or if, you're, if your company's not owned majority in Canada. Okay. So, how Molson, so Molson Labatt, Coors. Molson Coors, like, AB InBev, all those big... Any big market brand, you know, except for Moosehead. Hmm. Moosehead's actually independent. Did you know that? I, don't know. I assume yeah. Keith isn't independent. They're owned by somebody. Yeah, I think they're owned by Molson okay. Labatt's. Um, they weren't there. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so oh, uh, Sleeman's owned by Sapporo. That's um, too bad. So basically, yeah, if you don't, your company's not majority owned in Canada, then you're not allowed to uh, have your beer on. And that they actually those companies usually give a big platinum sponsor. To Crazy the, that. Moosehead is completely independently owned. They taste exactly like that's Heineken. What to, that's what they're trying to be. Well, Heineken? not that good. <laughs> um, but the thing is, uh, it, they lost sponsorship because of it. Because those okay, companies yeah, yeah, didn't they... want to uh, didn't want to be there. No, but for they, sure. Absolutely. So they said, "Oh, if you're not putting our beer there, we're not going to sponsor your event." Yeah. Um, and whatnot. So uh, they uh, lost some sponsorship but they got a lot more submissions supposedly this year that's probably because of how many breweries there were mm. and they got some other uh, big other sponsors coming in which was good I think uh, uh, with with the way the beer scene is growing they yeah. don't need to be reliant on those big bigger guys. guys yeah 
Which is awesome. So that's a some big news. And then the other big news was Steve Boshen from Bose was speaking. Uh, he's a really good speaker. He also wears a lot of fucking awesome suits. He was wearing a leopard print suit uh, during one of the events. Um, and he also wore, um, it was like an aqua themed, uh, like there was some sort of like 50s slash underwater themed thing for uh, a party. And not a lot of people dressed up at all, but he was wearing um, green pants yeah. and a yellow suit jacket. Oh no. So he was like a dressed up version of Aquaman, I think. Oh, okay. Um, That's not what I thought you were going to say. You think, what do you think he was uh, from? I thought you were going to say Spongebob. I could have been actually, but I don't think so. Um, but yeah, no one was not in any of those suits when he was giving the speech but uh he's a very good speaker and it's obvious how bose became so prominent because of who the guy is who's running it but um also they're announced they 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 made a big push that they're gonna try and make a canadian brewing um association which is big you know canada doesn't have a canadian brewing association yet We don't have a big, you know, we don't have a, a foundation that lobbies the government for the interests of all the different craft breweries in the in the, yeah. in the country. Uh, we don't have anyone that uh, association where we all can meet up every year for. We have this Canadian the Brewing Awards and Conference, but we don't actually have like a board and everything like that like the uh, American brewing scene has. Right. It's just because we've gotten we weren't as haven't been as big, but mm. also it's like it's kind of funny that we just don't have it. Um, so anyway, so that might happen hopefully in the next couple of years. Um, it's a lot of work to have it happen. There's a lot of people oh, in the brewing sure. industry yeah, yeah. that uh, don't exactly have the uh, time and whatnot. So that's some just some exciting news coming from the brewing um, conference. Uh, a couple of beers, by the way. The the brew of the year, which a lot of people were very very surprised about. I didn't know who they were. Most people didn't really have a clue much who they were. But Mount Begbie Brewing Company out of BC. Okay. Um. They, yeah, it was a real big shock because first off, nothing against you guys, but your brand is not super prominent. It's like, I'll show Alex it right Were now. Were they really successful in, in BC this year? Nope. They just... Oh, so is, is it based on beer quality then? I think it's like okay. the most, like, but that's like... That's very generic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, good for them. And I'm sure their beer tastes great. I've heard good things-ish. They won the Canadian Brewing... Uh, brewery award uh brewery of the year award which is great for them um but also like there was so the best thing about one of the best things about the the brewing awards at the conference especially they had all these beers that uh available uh for drinking and stuff like that were that were the award-winning ones and so they allowed you to get some really cool tasters so there's a saison from four woods if you're out in bc area Four Winds is a great brewery to check out. Sorry, it's going a little bit longer than usual. I know there's a lot of wrestling fans out here, but we're going to do a little bit more focus on the little bit of beer focus, and then we'll jump right back into all the wrestling. Um, so Four Winds, if you have a chance, it's an amazing brewery out west. Uh, they had a collaboration beer that they started at the last Canadian Brewing Awards in BC. They did some uh, barrel Asian, some funkiness, and they did in collaboration with, I think, uh, Sawdust City... Indie Ale House and a couple other ones made some pretty fantastic beer that everyone wanted to have and then the beer that I thought was pretty amazing was Burdock Brewing's Bumo it's this like Saison cross with wild yeast from grapes uh, uh, Sauvignon I think uh, what was it Pinot Sauvignon what am I saying this anyways uh, grape, uh, a, a grape blend 
um, with like a saison yeast and all this different stuff. It was fantastic. If you have the chance to check out Burdock Brewing, the guy is uh, really friendly. Uh, I think his name's Dave. Who owns it? Um, and uh, if you're in Toronto area, it's a perfect uh, little place to check out. He makes some pretty elegant beers and uh, whatnot. So that was a couple of different little highlights of it. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's a fantastic event. Um, if you're in the brewing industry, it's de in the Canadian brewing industry, definitely worth a check out. Uh, good info sessions and whatnot. So, and big news coming out with the whole idea of a brewing association in Canada and whatnot. And there's lots of drunkenness, which is good times. And oh, fun thing, there's a thing mm. called the tri clamp challenge. I didn't do very good, but the winner got a a belt, a oh, wrestling belt. Very nice. I love it. For the track provided by WWE, they seem to give it uh, a lot of those <laughs> these days. I don't know, but it was it, the guy who won it was this guy from the Quebec side yeah. and he was wearing it during the award ceremony. What did the tri-clamp challenge involve? So, uh, tri-clamp so there's tri-clamps are these little clamps with uh, that you use to wrap around piping and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the when you're brewing a lot of different breweries will have depending on the size of your brewery we're hard lined with like hard line piping between our brewing equipment. Other people have a lot of like they have to attach hoses and everything like that. Like at, every time they want to do transfers from somewhere mm -hmm. else to some another place, so you're consistent. Con I, I, I'm always going to be connecting and disconnecting pipes and stuff like that uh, with these tri clamps connecting where the, the connectors are. Uh, and so there's a lot of people who get really good at. It. So they had this challenge where you had to. They had all these different little components and stuff like that, and you just had to connect all of them as fast as you can. Mm. Uh, and you have to be really quick at putting and opening and closing all okay. these things. Um, and so uh, they. Uh, yeah, this guy won it. Uh, he, like, it took me, like, a little too much. I was a little bit drunk, too, but it took me, like, 7, 50, 7 minutes and 50 seconds. This guy did it in, like, 3.05. He was fast. And he won this belt, and he was sporting it for the whole conference. I damn little right. little tie-in yeah, with the wrestling stuff. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so that was the Canadian Brewing Awards. Lots of great beer. Uh, look online. They If you just go through the award-winning beers, you'll probably find a cool stuff. A good place to start off with uh, looking up some great beer in the Canadian brewing industry. All that good stuff, so... Yeah. Anyways, back to wrestling. Back to wrestling. Hey, look, like I don't think anyone's gonna give us a hard time with talking a little bit about beer because that's what for the podcast. I listened. It is, but also on top of that, I listened to Voices of Wrestling spend the first forty-five minutes of their flagship podcast talking about rompers versus sundresses. So you can get the <laughs> anyone who complains get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what would you think? What's better, rompers or sundresses? Um, I think male rompers are better than... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that, that started. There's a trend. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Oh, uh, man. Welcome uh, back to the world, my friend. You've been gone for some time. No, I know. I, I saw it. I don't know so what good. I think of it. It's perfect. Yeah? You, you yeah, like the male fan. romper thing? Big fan, yeah. Well, see, one? they're fine for dudes because they're buttons, so you don't have to take the whole thing off to pee, <laughs> which is why women don't like them. Like female rompers. Yeah, but like, why don't you just wear a pair of overalls? Isn't that romper just a pair of overalls they, cut short? Um, no, because overalls don't usually have like a shirt part, right? Like the yeah, overalls have straps. True. Wait, wait. So, but isn't a romper <laughs> basically just, just like that super cool like seventies uh, disco uniform? No, but cut short. Yeah. Do people wear onesies to discos? Yeah. I think you're full of shit. No. I don't believe you. Oh, no, it's like a full of fucking... It's a suit. Like a thing. Like, but it's not a onesie. It's yeah, it two is. pieces of clothing. No it's, a, no, it's a onesie. Those things were... Those were onesies. You ever seen those super funkadelic uh, crime... Uh, fi crime fighting... Um, 
music films where the person would be like disco dance move bam in the face with a big fro no it's <laughs> um, a, a type of you know the, the genre I'm talking about right? it's not a genre that's that's not a genre I think it is oh my god Funkified crime fighting dance of flying machine black exploitation is that the film genre you're trying to come up with yeah it is okay um but yeah. they there were there were pantsuits in there okay but pantsuits have two pieces not all of them a pantsuit is just a it's a suit for women that's what a pantsuit is I'm thinking about the wrong word <laughs> um disco onesie look at that look at that railway these things yeah. yeah that's that's a one piece disco suit I did not realize it was one piece those things yeah those are one pieces so anyway yes they are like that except with except with shorts yeah well the, yeah exactly yeah so that's where the, I guess that's probably where the romper thing comes from to be honest I think rompers are from before pre-disco pre-disco though oh yeah people probably. rompers in like the 60s right I don't, I'm not well, sure that. I may then. have made that up I don't know but hi welcome to Hobbs <laughs> um so stone cold stone gold stone gold my god Stone Cold versus The Rock. Um, their first meeting at WrestleMania was at WrestleMania 15, 1999. One thing we're gonna gonna cover um, in this little storyline, and we're not gonna go into too much detail um, about storylines because you have to watch it. The storylines don't fucking matter. No, it was like this. If any, the Attitude Era proved everything. It's that storylines are fucking meaningless, except except for the storyline, I guess, of of Stone Cold fighting Vince. But like. Like we're gonna learn about that. That like that was the one important thing is that Stone Cold had to beat up his boss every night on Monday Night Raw so people would come home from work pissed off and tired and tune in and enjoy themselves, and everything else was meaningless. And like would you would you see in the in the first WrestleMania matchup? Um, this is, I believe this follows like directly from when we watched Survivor Series uh, Deadly Games. That would have been Deadly Game. That would have been Survivor Series '98. Yeah. And then, um, so then Rock, as we talked about there, his direct follow up to our old episode. Can you imagine? Um, no way. Rock won the title at Survivor Series '98. He became the the corporate champion. He held the belt into uh, WrestleMania '99. Vince won the Royal Rumble in '99, but then he forfeited it. And then Shawn Michaels was the GM for some reason, and there was That's a secret true. rule that the second place person gets to go in the Royal Rumble if you forfeit your spot. Nobody tell Roman Reigns this year. Um, and so... The Rock. It was The Rock versus Stone, Stone Cold. Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold was second place, so Stone Cold got yeah. to... Well, and like, at the same time as well... Oh, yeah, because after that, tomfoolery of a fucking Royal Rumble. Yeah, we watched that one, too. That was Buck Wild, honestly. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was the most shenanigan the Royal Rumble of them all. Yeah, probably, honestly. Um... But then, uh, well, they're all tying in together. Um, the fact is, though, uh, I think Shawn Michaels at the same time, uh, Vince wanted to, be, wanted to be the ref. No. Vince wanted, oh, yeah, he must have wanted to be the ref because Big Show be was in jail. Yeah, because they had a match earlier that night. Remember we were talking about storylines? Um, it's all fucking stupid nonsense. Yeah, the, the, what, the, the precursor to this match was sh- Mankind thought... Big show. Uh, big show to be the ref of the match. And the big show 
went to jail for putting mankind in the hospital. No, I thought I thought no, I thought Big Show got mad at Vince, and then he attacked Vince, and then he got put in jail, and then mankind, know. yeah, got hurt so bad that he went to jail. I know went to went to, to the hospital, so sick he person. Was so jail. mad he went to jail. He yeah. was a sick person jail. Um, a good kind of jail where you learn to be better. I don't. I don't know if that's a good metaphor. Um, <laughs> I think it's a bad. It's a bad metaphor, really. Unless you hate hospitals, then it. Yeah, I suppose then it would be sick person jail. Um, I hate hospitals. Okay. Just kidding. I find them very comforting. Um, this match is probably the weakest of the three matches. The first one, uh, Stone Cold vs. The Rock, main event, WrestleMania 15. It's because The Rock isn't as technically savvy. It's true, and Stone Cold, I think it's been discussed, um, had some serious injury that needed surgery. His knee, he didn't have both. He wasn't the bionic redneck yet. It may, it may have also been his neck, though, I think. Um, he had knee and neck problems through it his, his, yeah, later, ever, especially the, the second Well, the career. neck is ever since he took that pile driver from Owen Hart uh, in either 97 or 98. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it was even 99, I don't know. But maybe, actually, yeah, maybe the pile driver was like right before, right earlier this year, and then he put off having surgery until after WrestleMania. His neck did look swole. Yeah, it's true, actually, which may be a very bad sign. Um, but anyway, um, so this match, there was a lot of crowd brawling uh, from the beginning of the match. They brawled in the crowd for like the first, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. Yeah. <clears throat> He got back in the ring. They did some back and forth. Uh, Rock stole, sold the Stone Cold Sunner mm-hmm. the way only the Rock can, where he like kind of bounces up in the air, flips over, and his legs like land stand. on the ropes. He does like a, he does like a handstand. Yeah, like he, he almost like a backward somersault where yeah. he like bounces up and like his head is facing like he's vertical upside down and like pushes himself backwards so his feet land yeah. on the ropes. Yeah, it's a very good sell. It's and, great. Yeah, and so while this is happening. A ref gets hurt. What? Shockingly, yeah. And um, then another ref comes in. Was it the Rock trying to hit Stone Cold and he hits the ref, or Stone Cold yeah. trying to hit the Rock and he pulls the ref in front of him or yeah, something? Yeah, that's what happened. With a chair. Anyway, fucking There's Mike Chioda no takes a fucking nasty chair shot to the head. Yeah. Um, which is probably why we never saw him again. <laughs> and then the next ref gets. Uh, what's his face? Uh, everyone's favorite referee. He gets hit somehow. Oh, because the Rock Rock bottoms him. He that, fucking just like he wants to wrap it out of the way. Yeah, and Vince comes down to ringside, of course. Um, and then he hits. Uh, Earl Hebner comes in at this point too. Earl Hebner was in. And well, then it, Vince punches Earl Hebner in the face. Yeah, and they're they're stomping both of them. Vince is having like the weakest stomps ever, but then his stomps get heavier and heavier, and he's stomping a mud hole in old Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> that was not for comedic effect. I literally just lost my voice. Um, oh, I think you just found it again. Well, I mean, I, I lost it trying to do the Stone Cold. Oh, I can't do it right now. I just couldn't do it. Ugh. Just leave it. He was stomping a mud hole in old Stone Cold. Um, <laughs> and then the new special guest referee comes down, and Mankind comes to the ring, and you know, he's fucking shitty homemade refs uniform. Yeah. And he's like sort of looking like he's hurting. Yeah. Goes yeah, he's selling his injuries for sure. Some stutters. And yeah, he, well, he takes first he takes Vince out with the... He didn't have Socko yet, so he used the legit mandible claw, which is cool. Did he? Yeah, he he didn't have Socko. He no, I just didn't. Ninety nine. Yeah. No, he no, no, he didn't. He didn't use the mandible claw. He just put him out of the ring. Well, I just remember he grabbed him like with the hook in the in the mouth. Yeah, and, like, but he shocked ended, him. Yeah, and he ended up being outside the ring. Maybe and then he did have Socko at this point. Something I'm happened sure. with mankind. I don't know. He disappeared at one point too. Well, but he did end up counting the final pinfall, I believe. 
Which seems strange. He doesn't seem like a legal referee, but... He, but he won the match earlier that night. Stone Cold won. Um, is it this match that we had this awesome callback, or is it the next match? From JR? No. That next was match. either... Yeah, that was the the next match. Yeah. Um, so, on to the next match. Well, it's a callback from Stone Cold that JR yeah. caught, but... May- yeah, so Stone Cold wins. Congrats. He beats The Rock, becomes the WWF champion. Same as the year before at WrestleMania. Um, it's good stuff with what the crowd wanted. And... Wait, this was... They've already had... They had four matches at WrestleMania? No, no, no. Not versus The Rock. The year before he beat Shawn Michaels to right. become the WWE champion for the first time. Yeah. And we're going to talk about winning the Monday Night Wars. Um, you know, when you have your hero that everyone loves, you have him beat the bad guy and overcome the odds and do it without, you know, like dumb like they I, throw a lot, I don't want to say not shenanigans there are tons of shenanigans but like I'm just trying to make fun of the fact that WCW built up Sting versus Hulk Hogan for like a full year without Sting making physical contact like one time and then the finish was it was supposed to be there was a slow count and Bret Hart restarts the match except the ref counted a regular count and Bret Hart restarted the match and then it made Sting look like shit because Hulk Hogan probably bribed the referee to kill WCW. Uh, Killed his own cash cow. Now he's getting more cash out of places. So. Yeah. I heard there's a place he's got a bunch of money off of recently. <laughs> yeah, they don't exist anymore. They couldn't afford to pay. Anyways. Alrighty. Um, yeah, so we're on to the second match in their three-match series. Um, 2001, WrestleMania X7. Main event, Rock versus Stone Cold. The storyline in this one is a little bit different because neither of them are really heels. They're both kind of baby faces. Yeah, and they're like kind of, it's one of those like, we are fighting each other and we don't like each other, but we're fighting each other. And there's lots of, like in the My Way video package, there's lots of um, Stone Cold offering a beer to, to The Rock. There's actually this great thing where the, in the promo, The Rock, the Stone Cold, like he's like, we're having a fucking goddamn beer, I guess. And then... Mm. He goes they, and they, like cheers. He chose they a cheers cheer. each other really hard, yeah, and then they yeah. like start punching each other in the face with the can of beer. Yeah, it was good times. Um, honestly, this promo package is maybe the best one they ever done, and it. I mean, it, it only works because of the Rock and Stone Cold, and I think this is like we're gonna get into the shenanigans at the end of this match. But this is really all they needed to do was you, we have these two gigantic stars, and they they're both baby faces because of, they have to be because they're such gigantic stars and everyone loves them. And they respect each other, but they don't, they're not necessarily best friends. And they need, they both need to beat the other one. Yeah. They need to be champion. The championship is important. I guess The Rock and has being gotten better than the other guy is what's important. And The Rock has somehow gotten the championship back at this time. Uh, yeah. So on, the, I think at this, the Royal Rumble, Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble, and The Rock won the title on the same night. I believe he beat Kurt Angle. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's a lot of other wacky storyline stuff going on. There's some dumb thing where, like, Vince made Stone Cold's wife The Rock's manager, and so Stone Cold's mad about that. But, like, yeah. as Stone Cold rightly says in the actual fucking video package where they just spent five minutes, or not, no, two minutes, telling the story of how Deborah was made Stone Cold's manager and then Kurt Angle hurt Deborah, and that's you why mean, Stone Cold's mad at... Became The Rock's manager. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, but then the Stone Cold's like... Put Deborah to the side, put it aside, whatever. It's like it's like he gets it. Stone Cold gets it. That doesn't fucking matter. Everyone what everyone really cares about 
they don't care if what they don't need to be mad at each other for like a real reason. They just need to like they need the title because yeah. you know pro wrestling's in theory a sport. <laughs> like they were so close to getting it right, and I think it's only because Stone Cold and The Rock got it, and like Vince had these two mega stars, and I mean. We can't put the end of this match down to Vince because it was Stone Cold's idea, but um, they yeah. were so close, and they had it, and they, I mean, this was the biggest WrestleMania in terms of like mainstream popularity of all time. So, yeah, so the match goes on. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. Big pops for both guys, the champ and Stone Cold challenger. They had, this is, I mean, of the three matches, this is uh, minus the ending the best one uh it's intense um the crowd is ravenous for these guys they're losing their minds um we're talking about that great callback spot um yeah where the uh stone cold i forget the exact exact move it's the million dollar dream yeah which uh because he was getting way back when when uh stone cold entered the uh the wwe or wwf the the fed yeah, he uh, he was the ringmaster, uh, deadly assassin of sorts, I guess. No, 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 no. The the deadly assassin was Stone Cold. The yeah, ringmaster but... was like a quiet, like master of the ring. He was a, his gimmick was that he was a good technical, a very good technical wrestler, and he, was and he wasn't by... allowed to talk because they didn't. Yeah, he was managed by Ted DiBiase. Yeah, and um, yeah, he uh, had this. He used. A, DiBiase's like sleeper hold the, the million dollar dream yeah and uh, he, he put that on the rock during yeah. the uh, thing and JR caught on to it and uh, yeah Cody's like oh it's it when back when he was the ringmaster like oh. did JR such a good commentator that that's was impressive so good. that he caught that yeah yeah maybe he was tipped off for the match or maybe I mean you know, JR, knew JR knows what moves are right and he can yeah. like he can follow that storyline he probably well. followed Stone Cold a lot well, he, he, he did he they were good friends and he probably went over to WWF around the same time that Stone Cold went over, right? That's kind of true, yeah. I think JR had been around a couple years before, but, um, yeah, because Eric Bischoff got rid of JR when he took over, and that would have been, like, 93, I want to say. JR. Oh, because he wanted, to, he wanted to make WCW less Southern. Oh, right. And that was his idea. Um, and that, I mean, as much as we can criticize it, because JR's the best, it wasn't necessarily, that wasn't what killed them, you know? Oh. Um yeah, so this match, um, as you say, it's a great match. The crowd is so hot for it. They go back and forth. But the real story of the match is that at the uh, towards the end of the match, um, Vince comes out, and The Rock gets a pin on Stone Cold, and Vince pulls The Rock off Stone Cold, which is like, you know, and, and the reaction from the announcers really sells it. And the, reaction from the, the thing about this whole match is the reaction from the crowd, you can't tell that it's supposed to be... You can tell a little bit, but not as well as they wanted, I think. The Stone Cold's supposed to be, like, turning heel because the crowd is in Texas. They're ravenous for Stone Cold. They don't care how he wins, just that he wins. Yeah. Um, and But the announcers are trying to sell that, oh, my God, you know, like, presumably Vince is either there just to watch or to help The Rock because the people with the historical, like, relationship have been Vince and The Rock, even though The Rock is a baby face at this point. Um and Stone Cold, obviously, Stone Cold and Vince are, like, the ultimate enemies in WWF. And so Vince helps Stone Cold um, by first by pulling The Rock off. And, like, The Rock kicks out of everything. He kicks out of Stone Cold doing a rock bottom. Yeah. kicks out of a stunner. And they kicks out of a chair shot to the head. And, like, Stone Cold holds up The Rock while Vince grabs the chair and nails him in the head. And they, like, 
both beat the shit out of the rock and it takes like three stunners to keep him down but honestly the rock stays down stone cold celebrates with vince and they have has a beer with vince and it's like and and jr is going why why stone cold why yeah, and at the, after and the Rock gets up after he's lost, and Stone Cold nails him with the title belt, and he's like going full heel. And I've watched the Raw that comes after this, and Stone Cold comes out. And they had this moment where like, if Stone Cold had just stunned Vince, they could have just it would have been fine. Like they have like Stone Vince calls out Stone Cold like my new partner in crime, Stone Cold Steve Austin, haha, <laughs> you know. And it's like if if Stone Cold had just come out and given Vince the stunner, like it would have been fine and it, they would have lost nothing by this weird finish to WrestleMania or even at the end of the match Stone Cold just used Vince's help and then stunned him like you kind of have a tweener Stone Cold and people can still cheer him and it wouldn't I think have turned people off as long as he still beat up Vince right but Stone Cold uh, siding with Vince and then really trying to make this work hard I think as well, that's what what um, Brian Alvarez and, and Dave Meltzer will say is, is was one of the big things that really killed the wrestling boom um that and the death of WCW, obviously, and botching the WCW invasion angle by having all the dudes lose and not being willing to pay for the big guns to come in right away. But this is one of the things. And at the end of the day, this was not a Vince McMahon decision, although he did agree to it. It was a Stone Cold Steve Austin decision. He felt like his character was getting stale. Uh, and I guess good play to him for trying to change things up because so many people just ride things until it's a dead horse. But it was the wrong move, as we now know. Um... Finally, this leads us to the final of the three matches. Two years later, WrestleMania 19, 2003 in Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Um, this is a good little WrestleMania too. Um, I, I've i watched this whole WrestleMania before. It's got some wacky stuff on there, like the Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon street fight. Yeah. Um, the main event, Angle versus Lesnar, where Brock nearly kills himself. Um, mm-hmm. And fucking Angle nearly kills himself just by wrestling, because he'd wrestling, he was wrestling yeah, with, with, a, a broken neck. with a broken freaking neck again. Like, man, this need, guy needs to look into some, some like, you know, what the neck does and why it's important and why yeah. you shouldn't wrestle with a broken one. Yeah, he might just... He's still himself. alive, and he may still wrestle again someday, someday. Uh, for WWF. As long as WWE. WWE, that's right. Um, watch too much old stuff, I guess. Yeah. This is The Rock vs. Stone Cold. Originally, it was supposed to be the main event. Um, Stone Cold checked into the hospital the day before the show. Um, he thought like something was really wrong it turned out he was having an anxiety attack so he just he was beating himself up about like how good this match had to be because it was his final match he was going to put the rock over after the rock had put him over twice um this match because of the interference in the second match even though it's it's up until the interference it's the better match the second match is better and the crowd is hotter but this match i think there's something really special about it to me. There's more wrestling in this match. Absolutely. And it's... it's They don't really bill it like that, but in, I want to say it's like the end of an era, but really it's after the end of an era. Yeah. It's like the era had already ended, but they got one last one last match. Mm-hmm. And as we know, it was kind of more or less the end of both of these guys in the WWE as wrestlers. Stone Cold would never wrestle again. The Rock obviously would. Um, in addition to his famous later match with John Cena he also wrestled um, a meaningless tag match one year later at Wrestlemania in 2004 with teaming with Mick Foley against I don't even know who the Colognes or somebody <laughs> no that was way before the Colognes but um, 
um, this match is special, I think, just because it's these two guys whose careers have been so defined by the other person. In a sense, uh, not not completely. They have very different, you know. They have yeah. they had they did all kinds of other stuff too, but like the Rock and Stone Cold are tied to a specific era. Yeah, and that era is both is defined by those two guys in the WWE slash F. Yeah, mainly. Yeah, mainly I mean, there are lots of other guys in there too. Absolutely. Yeah, um, but they're the ones. <clears throat> they they just were like the megastars. They were and. You could argue two. Besides Hulk Hogan, they're probably the two biggest wrestling stars ever. And I mean, if you tell Dave Meltzer that, he'll go like, "Oh, Luthez and like Buddy Rogers and all these guys." But it's like, I don't think we should forget history. I don't think we should discount how popular those guys were in their day. But if you're talking about like um, current cultural memory, like, yeah, there's nobody like Stone Cold and The Rock except for like Hulk Hogan in wrestling like it's like those guys like how big think about how big John Cena is and how important he is and like both those guys dwarf him even today in terms of we'll stardom. see what happens when John Cena starts doing more movies well yeah that's true he could he could absolutely like um cause I was kind of arguing at the beginning of the episode that Rock made himself more important in retrospect because of how big a star he has become now but at the same time he was also huge in his day too well not that John Cena isn't like because John Cena's been the focus of WWE programming or not anymore but he was for like 10 years yeah more or less um yeah just so this was this was a great match um again like these two guys it's there's not there's not a lot of spots like there's not a lot to go into except well I guess there was the big part where Brock spent a lot of this match uh wearing Stone Cold's jacket and at first he's like every he every time he's wearing the jacket he keeps fucking up but eventually he does hit the stunner. Um, like and it takes like he has to hit like three rock bottoms to the finish end, yeah. off Stone Cold. Like Stone Cold kicks out like three or four times out of Rock's finisher and it's well and then like he just like he he in the end though he's mm. just like rock bottoms like no it's not enough rock bottom not enough and Jr is like oh my god he's yeah. going for another rock bomb this mm-hmm. is like the only thing that's going to be sorry about that horrible JR no that's fine yeah yeah um and then he throws the third one down and, and he stays down and like at this point too like the rock has some real kind words to Stone Cold like yeah. a lie on the mat like if you watch Stone Cold's documentary you look it up you can find the exact things he said but basically it was like thank you you know you made my career or something like that something like that and yeah. like yeah it was a big send off yeah. So, I mean, that's the end of a real era of wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, two of the biggest stars of all time leaving. The Rock, not forever, but, you know, basically, like, that's those two guys gone. Yeah. From the from WWE for, for a very long time in terms, well, the Stone Cold. Stone Cold comes inter- back as, like, a manager. A GM, yeah. He's back as an on-screen character. The Rock comes, eventually came back to to do the John Cena thing uh, fuck like 10 years later not quite nearly 10 years later 7 or 8 yeah, years later both of them have moved on and like mm-hmm. to other things as well yep. wrestling obviously holds strong in their their lives but they still uh, they, they are out of, out of it now in a sense mm-hmm. well Steve Austin less so but Rock way more so and I think that's why the um, the first match people don't talk about a lot because it's 
it doesn't really fit any kind of stories really well. Because Stone Cold, it's not his first WrestleMania main event. He'd already had the one against Shawn Michaels. The Rock comes in as champion, so you can't really tell a story of The Rock rising up because The Rock's rising up was really over a period of time and kind of when he won the title at Survivor Series. Um, and The Rock isn't quite finished yet either. Like, The Rock in at WrestleMania X7 is The Rock, whereas The Rock at uh, WrestleMania 15 is kind of like, he's getting there. You, I mean, he's already a star, like, and he's 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 figured it out more or less, but he isn't finished yet the way he would be in at WrestleMania X7. He's really The Rock then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, if you have the, if you, if you want to watch a good feud, good matches, mm-hmm. Oh, you can go if you want to see what what maybe some of the most ravenous crowds you're ever going to see, like X Seven, I think is is the one. The that main event is like, that's it. That's the one. Um, and the the match at the mat the match at, at WrestleMania 19 is very I think feels is very very special because it's just what it is. It's yeah. very rarely do you get a match like that because it's these two guys who are kind of not really a part of anything going forward but they still get this second to t- second place on the card and they maybe would have even main evented um if you think about it like i guess the fans didn't necessarily know that both these guys were done afterwards no not exactly. but like you have a situation like a few years later where brock and goldberg were both done and the crowd shit all over their match yeah although um, they're leaving for different reasons yeah that's true and they're two different guys absolutely yeah i think but yeah yeah but Good match, good series of matches, great feud, good time to look back on. And in good, just the the characters, they're, these guys are stars. Yeah, so, yeah, so I guess. I think that, that kind of wraps, wraps it up, it up for up, today, yeah. yeah. Um, There's a, so for this, this, this day's podcast, uh, never really uh, have a, like, you know, a specific beer that we're looking at. Um, but we will just just call out Canadian Brewing Awards and conference. That's a great place to be. All the breweries that were involved. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you have a chance, it's a great source to find a lot of beers that might be spectacular, at least to style most of them. So, um, great place to get some brew knowledge on. Uh, and maybe pursue if you look up your local breweries in the area and check out their stuff. So, and as well, uh, in a couple weeks' time, we'll be having our hops and elbow drops uh, brew donkey tour. I believe there's a couple tickets left. Uh, if you want to go, and it's Father's Day, bring your dads, go and watch some wrestling, drink some beer, um, and have a good time. Yeah, we should also mention, in addition to that whole tour, which, as we said, there's only a couple tickets left. So, if that's something you're interested in, absolutely jump on that right away. Um, the tour is ending up at C4, and C, more particularly C4's uh, season finale. So it's going to be an amazing show. It's going to be really exciting. Tickets are on sale now. They often have turnaway sellouts. So if you want to get tickets to this, it's something you're interested in, I would jump on that as soon as possible because um, there's no guarantee there will be seats left at the door, especially because we're bringing a busload of people that have pre-purchased tickets. Yeah, I think they're getting like, um, I think the way they're setting it up is they're going to be in this the jump section. Okay. So... It's gonna be fun for them. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No better way to get people into the into the into wrestling or into going to these matches mm-hmm. or into these shows than having them get the wrestlers jump at them. Absolutely, and they haven't announced any matches yet, but season finale, it'll it should be a special show. I don't know if they're gonna bring in some some special guys from outside. We'll see what happens. I'm sure they'll bring some. Um, 
I know Ethan Page showed up unexpectedly last week, so maybe he'll do that again, bring some friends with him. Maybe he's getting a title shot. I don't know. Um, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, so like keep an eye out for that. C4. Um, great promotion. And yeah, their season finale June 18th, I believe. But uh, either way, check them out on Facebook to find out information about that show. And you can find us at face- on Facebook at uh, Hops and Double Drops. You know, not necessarily an at symbol. It's not Twitter. Yeah. On Twitter, we're at Hops and Drops. Uh, iTunes, Hops and Double Drops. SoundCloud, Hops and Double Drops. As always, if you can rate and review us on iTunes, it makes a big deal. Uh, it is a big deal. It means a lot to us. Um, and it makes we're a big difference. We're also on the Google one, eh? Yes, we are also on Google Play, of course. Um, so if that's how you get your podcasts, um, I believe they have a rate and review function there as well. So uh, check us out. Check us out. Yeah, share with your friends. Um, as always, we have been Hops and Elbow Drops, and we hope you guys have a great week. We will talk to you again. Suck it. Soon. See ya. Have a good night. That doesn't fit with the episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>